Hi everyone, welcome to the Unity Podcast brought to you by Unibridge. I'm Yun Zheng, your host for today. In our last episode, we spoke with Hazel, a second-year psychology student at the University College London, and left off with her sharing about the UCL student life. So without further ado, let's hear what she has to say about it. Let's go. Okay, moving on from that topic, right? Um, let's talk about something that's a bit more chill, right? So how's the student life in UCL for you? I mean, I really enjoy the student life there. I think mm. um, one decision that I did right was to stay in halls. Mm. Um, I guess most people locally probably would say the same thing. Um, but I think a lot of my closer friends are my hall friends just because everyone's mm. overseas alone and you know they don't know anybody else. But these are the people that you're living with and they're basically your next family um, mm. in London. And so that's whole life, and and whole life is pretty exciting, I guess. So, cause firstly, it's really near to campus, so you can wake up like I wake up five minutes late into lecture and mm. still turn up before the lecture starts. Oh my so, God. um, so it's 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 quite short. Um, mm. and on top of that, I think they also have this system where they have um, RA resident advisors where mm. they basically plan activities for you and to make sure that you bond and you have friends in a place where you are completely you know alone um so that's whole life for kind of clubs and societies there's just i guess there's just so many um mm. i personally don't know all um i think there's just something for everyone and if there isn't you can always set up something. So I know there's like bubble tea society. There's like a bubble tea society. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. It's like all the small things you can just create a society if you wanted mm-hmm. to. Um, and I guess the the society thing is that we are affiliated to like the student union, so like we have some funding, but mm-hmm. not entirely. So I guess the difference from from Singapore is that you have to pay for the to be part of the society oh i see okay okay yeah so it differs from like club like from clubs to clubs lah. so like if they are a slightly bigger club i guess they might ask for more yeah so like for example i'm in dance mm. society we pay like 22 pounds every year for that mm. um some others like singapore society we have to pay three pounds but i know mm. people don't pay it but <laughs> Like they just turn up for events. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. So that's for I think clubs and societies, I mean, I think even in locally you can always you also have that kind of variety and that mm. kind of autonomy in terms of like creating your own thing if you wanted to la. But I think because UCL is so big, there's also like like just the weirdest things like like bubble tea society or like mm. Marxist society. <laughs> I don't, it's just, yeah, it's just strange. <laughs> I don't know. Strange. It's just, there's just, and like my friend joked about creating a flat earth society just for oh like the God. last. Wow. So your school really gives you like quite a bit of like autonomy to create clubs and societies. Lah. Yeah, you basically hmm. can do anything you want, I guess, as part of the school. It's just whether, it's just, the, the question is whether you're affiliated to them because if you're too weird, hmm. then you're like, no. Yeah. So, um, actually, I want to ask you a bit more about your whole life. So, like, 
you know, from what I've heard, right, from my um, US friends, um, whole life in the US is not very much a thing, like, compared to Singapore. Like, Singapore's whole life is really bustling and stuff. So how is it, like, in UK and UCL? Um, for UK, okay, so I, I, from what I know about local, Mm. Um, it's just that they because they have like a lot of they have like a point system right where you basically have to participate in things mm. right and like and like I don't know play sports for the cup for uh, for the hall for example mm. but then for UCL they don't really have that kind of system going on Um, you basically like you have at the start there's quite a bit of activities and then towards the end there's basically nothing and, and I think it's really what you want to make out of it Um. I think it's like most things in the UK. It's more like what you want. Mm-hmm. So, like for example, if you can, if you find a group of friends that organize things every week, and then then you have a whole life. If not, mm-hmm. you don't know, Basically, um. So yeah, I would say in terms of like the the system itself, there there isn't like anything that's like organized for you. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Or like uh, institutionalized. I guess mm-hmm. that yeah. That's so it's word. very much like. It's based on your own initiative. Like, so if you want to participate, you can participate. If you don't want, you know, you can sit out. It's fine. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. They have like, you know, halfway through term, maybe they will organize like a sports, like um tournament thing where mm. you, they, they play like, you have like a ping pong tournament and that kind of thing also. Like, mm. So you can uh, initiate these things by yourself if you want as well. Yeah. I see. I see. So... And I guess one other important aspect, right? Because you know, you you do you do get to meet like a lot of like international students there. So like, how what, how was the experience for you? And also like, I guess on the flip side of the coin, like how is the Singaporean community there as well? Well, okay. So I don't make so much with the Singapore community, mm. just because um I have like a close group of friends, so they're from my orientation group. So, like, Singapore Society organizes orientation for the Singaporeans going to UCL mm. every year, right? Um, and I have a close group of friends from there. But other than that, I don't really mix around with the Singapore community much. Mm. Um, I go for some of their events. And, and it's fun. They have, like, um, we had a boat party. We were going to have, like, an Easter ball, mm. things like that. Um, and I sometimes participate, like, I was the orientation group leader last year. Mm. But I'm not too deep in. Um, a lot of the other Singaporeans that I've met is just kind of by because of like societies or like because of my hall. Mm. Um, and I think one thing I would say like mixing with international students is that I think it's very easy to just be comfortable and then go there and just like hang out with the Singaporeans just because it's easy to. Mm. And also like it's just such a big group like no matter where you go there's definitely gonna be a Singaporean if not there will be like a Malaysian or like a Hong Konger who mm. basically you know um same type of people I see. um so I think it's very easy to just like be comfortable but then I would say like to step out of I, I like I, at least I try I guess to step out of my comfort zone a bit try to make friends I mean obviously I'm not gonna like intentionally not speak to like for example Asia just because I want to have international friends mm. but um, I think it's like important and I think it was very enriching to speak to a lot of people that were not from Asian backgrounds and I think it's very interesting just because firstly like UCL is very international so like they have people from like all over not just the UK mm-hmm. so it's very interesting because like all these people just have so many like different perspectives 
um, you have people from the US as well. And even like within, you know, like the non-Asians, you see such like a big distinction. Like you can't really split people into like Asians and non-Asians as well because there's just so much like different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say like for me, like I didn't really mix with people just because of their nationality or or not or like purposely not mixed with them because they're because of the nationality I think it was just kind of natural and whoever I clicked with so um Mm. out of my closest group of friends I think I hung out a lot with um the Germans somehow (laughs) the Germans Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're quite easy to talk to um and and it's fun I think I mean a lot of Singaporeans also have a lot of non-Singaporean friends but then at the end of the day you know when you have Chinese New Year and, and things like that and and when you need help, sometimes the Singaporeans like know what's up and mm-hmm. they'll be there lah if you if you need it. So it's still it's still good to have some people, um, some friends from home. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's good to have a balance lah. You know, to kind of like try out new things, meet new people from different countries, and and at the same time, kind of, you know, keep yourself bonded with like the Singaporean community as well. Yeah. yeah so that's quite important, I guess. Um, just finding your own kind of university support system, I would say, that's quite important, right? Yeah. yeah, and I think, I guess to end of our podcast, right, the most important part of uh, university life, right, your, like, professional plans, right, moving forward, correct? So, um, I know for psychology, it's quite, it's quite a general and flexible thing. So, you know, you can become, you can choose to become, like, a professional psychologist, right, Take, either, like, taking masters and, you know, going that track, or you yeah. can, you know, choose to venture into many different um, career paths. And I've looked at, you know, your LinkedIn and I realized that, you know, you did quite a few like psychology related internships, like a cognitive development app, a dating app, a mental health platform. But then on the flip side, you also did like quite a number of like non-psychology related activities, like, you know, consulting, for example, that's a very yeah. huge thing. So like, can you like guide us through like, through this internship, right, kind of um, how your perspective on psychology has changed and, like, whether it has helped you to, like, kind of clarify what you, you're going to do moving forward. Like you said, like, I I think for me, like, a uh, main thing going overseas and doing psychology is exploration, mm. right? That's why I have, like, quite a range of things. Um, some psychology-based, some not mm. psychology-based, just because... I always felt like I didn't really want to do, like you mentioned, like the professional psychologist kind of route. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to close my doors. I, I know like, I'm doing psychology. I, I know that this is a viable kind of career option for me. And I don't want to, like, too early on without even trying, say, no, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's why I kind of did some some psychology stuff. So, like, for example, I interned at um the therapy plat the therapy platform mm-hmm. which is um this it's kind of like a business I guess but it connects people to uh psychologists um and I guess what I wanted to get out of specifically that was to kind of get insight into like the mental health scene in Singapore and mm-hmm. what my path might be like if I'm gonna pursue uh the path of like being a psychologist right mm-hmm. I know for UK um, what happens is that you, after I graduate, if I get a first or a second upper, I can apply to the doctorate program. I study for three more years. I work for the NHS, which is the National Health mm-hmm. Service. Um, but then I want to know what happens because ultimately I want to come back to Singapore. So I, so I want to know what happens if I, like, what's my career going to be like if I come to Singapore? And I feel like for me, I, it 
show me that I it, it kind of wasn't really for me. I think I spoke mm-hmm. to some people from um, IMH. I spoke to my boss. It was really interesting. It's just that I think there's not something for me in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of the other things, like you mentioned, like the dating app, uh, cognitive developmental app. I think it, I, because my interests lie in kind of applying psychology to other things. So, for example, mm-hmm. like behavioral economics or like consumer psychology, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I'm not that interested in kind of the pure psychology or research or academic kind of line. Mm-hmm. Although I think it's interesting and maybe I can consider when I'm slightly older. But now, for now, I think I am interested in kind of applying psychology to mm-hmm. real life businesses in general. And I think like that's how actually got me into consulting even though it doesn't seem very connected but um what happened was that basically like I tried out all these different things like design an app and then like the user experience design all like with a bit of psychology but not too much um but what I realized was that I really liked like all these different things like I like user experience design but I also like designing an app and I just like all like all the businessy aspects of things Mm -hmm. And I felt like going to consultancy was like the natural thing to do for me because um, it kind of, I mean, consultancy, you do like different projects for businesses, right? And then you, um, and then basically in every project is different. There's like always a different business problem, which I think is really interesting to to me because it's always about solving a really pertinent problem that other, mm-hmm. I mean, other people cannot solve. That's why they come to consultants, right? So I think that was, I know it's kind of a bit of a deviation from psychology, but I think the whole kind of problem-solving process, um, kind of experimenting and, 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 you know, even the research process and and kind of testing out solutions, that kind of experimental process, it, it kind of runs parallel to psychology as well. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say it, it's totally, I mean, content-wise, yes, it's not as related, but um, I think in terms of like skills and, and um just like the general kind of nature of work it kind of is quite related yeah Mm -hmm. so is consulting something that you are you know kind of looking towards for now uh yeah i i guess so yeah i think i mean this year i've been busy kind of applying for consulting internships Mm -hmm. in london um so i have one so hopefully that goes well is it remote or um uh no, I, I actually have no idea. They said it depends on the COVID situation, but I have yeah. to be in UK anyways because mm. of tax reasons. True. Uh yeah, so I guess consulting is something that I feel like it's a good starting point for me after I graduate because, like, firstly, like I said, it's like a lot of different projects. You learn a lot, mm. and secondly, you get that exposure, right? So you can ex- really explore like what industry you're interested in, or like mm. what kind of work you're interested in, and I think it's the best thing for someone who is not exactly sure what they want but at the same time interested in that kind of problem solving mm-hmm. challenging work yeah so that i would say consulting for me now right now is fits quite nicely with my plans mm-hmm. going ahead yeah the hustle life it looks like you've chosen the hustle life <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> yeah the big yeah I, and the thing is and yeah and i think is and the thing is like i when I went to university, I even told myself, I was like, I'm not going to get caught up in that. You know, I was like, I'm not, no. Mm-hmm. And like, and my cousins were like, our consultants as well. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm not, and my parents suggested to me, and I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I, I was so <laughs> averse to trying it out because I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get caught up in that. And everybody was applying for like spring weeks and internships. And I was like, I'm not. Mm-hmm. But then I guess here I am. So 
<laughs> but at least at least you're interested in that lah. So like it's good, right? Yeah, like, at least at least I did my fair bit of exploring, and then I realized yeah. this is what fits. So exactly, exactly. So, are you gonna stay in the UK after university, or you're gonna come back to Singapore? Um, I guess it depends on like the job prospects. Mm. Um, so, I hopefully I want to stay in the UK because I think, um, I really enjoy life there for now mm-hmm. when I'm young um, and I know I feel like this is the age where you have the privilege to kind of ditch everything and, and explore you know like that I mean when, when you grow older true. you have family your parents are old and you mm. come back and you have to take care of your parents and, and your family and you don't have that liberty to kind of travel mm. everywhere and, and just do whatever you want so I think for now for at least for the next few years after I graduate I hope to stay in the UK if mm-hmm. the job prospects are good mm-hmm. yeah i mean you can always explore like the Euro- european union or like yeah yeah, yeah. i mean there's okay. it's just that yeah i wanted to but it's just that like i'm not sure because like they always like require like a second language and like i know like german Ooh. because i took the lang, but mm-hmm. it's not good enough so then i'm just like <laughs> should i bother brushing it up on it like nah so. <laughs> that's true i mean <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens lah right yeah, maybe we'll maybe one of those um, consulting companies that you intern with will offer you a job. Who knows, right? Hopefully, I mean, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, maybe to wrap this up for today's podcast, um, do you have any like kind of final advice or like any like final thoughts that you have that you want to share with like our audience today? Yeah, I guess in terms of like studying overseas, I think it's like, I mean, this is what I would have reminded myself I guess going overseas so I guess I'll just share it here mm-hmm. um but I guess um what I would say is like go overseas it's whether you're signing a scholarship or, what, <clears throat> or whether you're like getting your own finances it's a huge thing right I mean you're signing away stages of your life I'm spending a few hundred thousand of my parents money it's not an easy decision to make I think um but I feel like if like when I made the decision I like knew what I wanted like out of it and I think it's really important to keep that in mind I feel like mm. personally I didn't do that in my first year I I wanted like whether it's just like having fun like traveling or like I want to explore this hobby or like I want to do well in my cats or I want to find a job that I like for example like it can be any aspect like I feel like I didn't keep that in mind and I think it's very important because it's very easy to like lose yourself when you're overseas and you don't have people that you know like anchoring you and it's just really to just like do whatever you're comfortable with like mm-hmm. whether it's just I guess for one period of time I didn't really go out I just stay at home studying or like when people were hustling I just like I was like I'm too stressed nope but I guess it's just really important to like keep pushing yourself because there is like a huge investment mm-hmm. in going overseas so then you need to make it worth it lah so mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to do hopefully second year I mean not even second year now it's the end of second year but yeah, I will do complete already, my so bucket fast. list. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's that's great advice, I think, for, for everyone who is, you know, either studying uni now or is planning to apply for uni. Um, you know, it's a huge financial investment, right? So at the end of the day, kind of it's really up to us to kind of make use of that overseas education opportunity opportunity to kind of reach out to more people, um, explore new things, you know. Just 
immerse yourself in an environment that is completely foreign, I guess. That's a that's a good way to put it, right? So um, I guess with that, that, I think that's a great way to sum it up. So with that, um, to our audience, if you'd like to hear more of these stories, um, be sure to stay tuned to our future episodes of Unity. And if you'd like to connect with more seniors and learn more about all things related to studying overseas, do feel free to join our Unibridge community on Telegram. You can find the link to our Telegram group on our Instagram page at unibridge underscore SG. So be sure to give us a follow. So thank you so much, Hazel. Uh, and, you know, we'll see you guys again in the next episode of our podcast. Bye. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yep. Thanks for coming. <laughs>